0: Greetings and good day, friends, colleagues, and fellow zoos. On behalf of my co-hosts and myself, we welcome you to a very prideful episode of Zooier Than Thou. As this is one of our New Moon Half Point episodes, we'll be following a less strict format throughout tonight. I'm Fausti, International Zoo of Mystery. And I'm Toggle, a rat of all trades. And I am Dog, hear me woof. I'm all paws, not a hoof. But
1: my name is Kion, Dog, non-Dedaglion. And he ain't lying, but he sure
2: is a goof.
0: <laughs> oh boy,
2: guys, it's Zoo Pride Day.
0: Oh boy, Yay! Yay. Yay. <laughs> one, two, three, yeah. woo! two, three, one.
2: We're excited. It's really more of a like a Zoo Pride week, we need- and then really more of like a Zoo Pride month. So it's kind of a big thing.
0: We need some. We need some Zoo Pride chants. Like you know, you could have cheerleaders. Two, four, six, eight, something, 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 something. <laughs> <coughs>
2: That could get really gross real fast.
0: <laughs> I suppose that's true. People <clears throat> don't have any limericks or something. That
1: would be pretty cool. I, I, I have more limericks than, than, uh, than any, any sane man would have.
2: <laughs> We're going to let you do your limericks in a little while. So this month is a big Zoo Pride celebration. And really, it's just about kind of celebrating our community and the pride we have in ourselves. So there's a lot of cool Zoo Pride things happening all around. I know uh, down yonder, I should say, I probably shouldn't give too many specifics. I know of a certain shindig that's happening with uh, a big cake and a cookout, and a lot of people gathered around from all over the US, so really excited for that. What are you guys doing? (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna sit here and actually, basically what I'm doing is I'm hanging
0: out with my two favorite people. (laughs) I, I am I am laughing because I, I am actually charting out my uh, uh, week's uh, upcoming appointments with various medical professionals <laughs> to deal with uh, my my cancer circumstances, and as a uh, an ideal thing to be doing on Zoo Pride Day, and as a celebration of, of my community and my identity, it's probably not exactly what I you know, really should be doing. So I'm just gonna go ahead and slide this aside and stop thinking about cancer here while we're working on the episode because maybe we'll get a little bit of energy out of it. That way. <laughs> sounds like sounds let's, like a plan. Buck cancer. Let's just talk about Caught cancer. Caught in the, the act. Caught in the act. No, let's not do that. Let's not talk about cancer the whole time. That's All my right. vote.
1: <clears throat> <laughs> I, I I've just been doing, you know, my my Zoey things and that kind of uh, make make your life a better place, hopefully.
2: Right. Yeah, you know, I'm I, I'm a little busy rest of the day here, but I'm off for the fourth. So take my dog out. We're gonna do a lot of things that he likes to do. Just any time he can get out and go in the car and go anywhere. Uh, think we're gonna go get some ice cream because mm. he loves vanilla ice cream. Mm-hmm. Good um, taste. No, oh yeah, we only get the best.
0: And uh, this is to be to be to be clear. This is the first year really for the Zoo Pride. Uh, event slash day slash week slash month
2: holiday. Uh, this is something new holiday. and
0: exciting in part in part because it's new yeah. yeah. so I think we should acknowledge that this is this is a, a work in process and, and mm-hmm. an emergent uh, an addition and enhancement to the community that we are excited to be part of the first annual if we want to call it that um, Zoo Pride celebrations that are taking place yeah. all around the world
2: oh and also we have some of our favorite listeners coming and visiting us up in pennsylvania so we're really excited mm-hmm. to see them um uh, mm-hmm. just giving you guys a shout out uh that is probably gonna be the highlight of my zui month here is getting to meet some people who uh have been kind enough to give feedback for our podcast and be really supportive uh and really have become great friends over the course of the past few months. So it's very exciting for me to be able to participate with a community in a way that's, you know, you know, I see Fausty all the time and that's fine. This just Fausty, whatever.
0: It's just Fausti, whatever. <laughs> just
2: Fauci, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, okay. At
0: least you get to hear, what? I mean, you get to hear me with my real voice, so you don't have to deal with this stuff every <laughs> time you see me.
2: You stupid fucking that. fake ass modulated voice.
0: Oh, fucking Mickey Mouse sounder, motherfucker. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm sorry. I think I'm getting some reverb or something in the in the microphone here. I don't know what <laughs> happened there. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> but yeah, this is exciting for me because you know the podcast is a lot of work, but like today, it's just me hanging out with like two of my favorite people in the whole world. It's Fausti and Kion, um, and I'm really actually really glad that you got to join us, Kion, because I know you came and helped with last last full moon's episode. Uh, and I'm really happy to have you back. Oh,
0: pleased to be here. I am also, uh, 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 Kai and I, also uh, very grateful that you were uh, able to and willing to step in and help out with this last episode. Hoggle um, went above and beyond in pulling that episode together, despite the fact that my health problems kept me completely sidelined. Yeah, he was and running around with his head you. chopped off. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah, he, he clearly was because he, no matter you know, in, in spite of the obstacles, he managed to pull everything together. And I am grateful to both of you for making that happen. So thank you.
2: Uh, you know me. I was just thinking, what would Fausti do? Uh, yeah. <laughs> probably, I may have gotten
1: um, it wrong. Maybe, maybe collect collect a bunch of shinies. Yeah. Right. I tried hopefully, to what shinies.
0: you did is is you kind of thought of what would Fausty do, and then you did exactly the opposite of that because <laughs> whatever that was going to be, was probably a terrible idea. So don't do that. <laughs> Anything but that It probably involves a whole lot of that, words That's actually a pretty good, you know Yeah, Way what too many Felsey words and, Better not fucking do uh, that uh, First of all, he would be late Second of all, there would be too many <laughs> words uh, Third of all uh, It would involve bad judgment So, you know, just do not that And you're, you know, you got a head start on Just about everything already that would be, That's always my advice Oh,
2: Fausti, before I forget One thing that happened that was really interesting in the email from last time. I'm going to pull it up here. We got a question that I thought that you might actually like to answer as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me find it here. Oh, this is a question from a non-zoo. That was his moniker, a non-zoo listener. Mm -hmm. They said, as a question, don't you prefer the term zoo-sexual? It sounds better in my opinion. Hmm.
0: Okay. So, zo- zoosexual
2: uh,
0: versus zoophile. Zoophile. I, you know, in, in over the decades, there's been, I don't know how many iterations of the what words mean what and how, which word is okay and which word is not okay. I have certainly over the decades had various levels of involvement in those debates uh, slash discussions and I have to say that as time has gone by, I'm just not sure I care anymore that much. <laughs> you know, maybe it's less ab- less about the words and more about the substance. And I'm not sure that, you know, sort of choosing one word over another word or using this word instead of that word is the kind of magic answer to all of life's difficult questions. I think we might right. need to actually dig into a lot more focus on, you know, the substance of the, the the subjects that we're discussing and and the issues that come forth and whatever words get used I don't know I, they you know they're words they'll get used it is what it is so I guess I'm a, I, I would say I'm an agnostic between the two it's not sure it makes that much of a difference one way or another
2: yeah <clears throat> I think it's kind of the sort of consensus that me and Kai kind of came to would you say well
1: I think they have different formal meanings but people don't draw that kind of distinction.
0: Yeah. Right, right right I know there's a there's a big thing going on where people there's there's a con- I guess this goes back on and off decades this word means that you're attracted to this type of individual whereas this word means that you're actually physically intimately active with this kind of individual right, right. and then a bi- big you know back and forth over which one means which and which is this and which is uh, whatever. I don't know, I'm just at the point now where that whole thing is right, just a right. big... You know, and whatever. that's not just the yeah. sexual thing. Yeah, agreed. Well-spoken. Yeah, that's yeah.
2: All, you know, we have that... <laughs> right, so it's like uh, with bisexuality right now and pansexuality, with our evolving understanding of gender, like the entire like, concept of the difference between bi and pan and all this stuff is really interesting because here's the thing about labels. We use labels in order to convey very quickly, a very complex idea about ourselves to other people. They don't actually function as a very good definition to try to define ourselves by. Such that, you know, you don't want to say, hey, you know, I'm defined by the word gay. It's more like gay is a word that easily conveys what I am uh, in a very quick way. It doesn't encompass every single part of who I am but it's like this is something that I can convey quickly. That's what labels are used for mm-hmm. and when you start trying to uh, use them to define yourself in such a way as like, what am I, I like, this word has to I have to fit into this label that's when it becomes destructive
0: or distractive, you know, if not or destructive necessarily, yeah. then then certainly mm-hmm. distractive, you know, you just you sort of lose the forest for the trees and all the, you know, back and forth over this word or that word or And I'm not specifically talking about the zoosexual thing. I'm just talking, obviously, more broadly here. I I do think that we uh, risk losing um, uh, a genuine recognition that the, as you say, the words are are shorthand um, labels to stick to something as a starting point. Not the be-all and end-all that, you know, that defines what reality is and is not. So... I don't know. I mean, if somebody thinks zoosexual is just the greatest thing in, you know, word in the world and wants to use that, all right, I suppose, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. Uh, you know, for right. me, myself, uh, I'm not so, you know, not so captured by it. And in the same way that there's something about being referred to as a homosexual, that just seems <laughs> a little bit, you know, the, the focus on the clinical the sort of the. Clinical. Well, that's it. That's exactly what I was was getting towards. Is sort of the the mechanics of the thing. You know, uh, it, it seems like it is perhaps overly reifying. You know, an identity down to a a, a, a category of sexual acts. So you know, right. m- maybe more the focus is the identity and less on the sexual acts. But right. uh, maybe I'm just getting old and over the hill, and that's what old people tend to say.
2: <laughs> Kayan's old. What does Cayenne think about that? <laughs>
0: i i
1: think that uh we're we're not that people will always be startled about that we are more than our immediately available identities would convey Uh, but that's all part of getting Mm. to know anybody Uh, i mean how many times you reveal something about yourself you know i fly drones and they're like oh i didn't know you fly drones and you'd be like well, mm-hmm. I don't just go around and say hi. I'm Kion. I fly drones to everybody.
0: <laughs> well, this is a non thing. That's how you right? introduce yourself to me. I, is it? Uh, yeah. I thought it was he I fucked on. Kion, I. F- <laughs> No, you, with me it was just I fly drones Which yeah. just you know, it seemed amazingly boring to I me mean. <laughs> oh, man <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. ah. I must have Misremembered
0: that one Slipped in under yeah. the uh, radar My,
1: my memory is just, just kind of spotty
2: <laughs> uh, With your stealth yeah, drone yeah, very
1: stealthy mm-hmm.
2: So we're sitting here I've got donuts And Gatorade and like Candy And Fauci's <laughs> got ice cream I've got,
1: I've got honey mustard mix here that's
2: mm-hmm. weird, but mm-hmm. <laughs> he's also nursing a weird. bottle of
1: cider. Mm-hmm. Well, I finished it because <laughs> it took so long for Fausty to show up.
2: God, Fausty!
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, I just, mean, this God. this is beat up. It, 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 this this is a giant. Bottle. We're just going to shorthand this. This bottle is like a forty, right? I I drank a whole forty waiting for <laughs> Fausty.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're just gonna we're gonna go ahead and shorthand this, this. This is the section of the podcast where we beat up the guy with cancer. So I, I see what it's like. I'm beating Ooh. up on the cancer, not on the you. Yeah.
2: I'm up. beating up on you. I don't it's know
0: about okay. Yeah, I feel, yeah, pretty much feel like you're beating up on me. If you want to beat up on the cancer, that'd be great. You well, know, you're kind of will, like... In the same space, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we do over. Uh, we overlap at this point, and that is a and it is a, that is an unfortunate yeah. circumstance. How am I going to beat up the cancer yeah. without
2: punching <laughs> in the face?
0: Hmm. I don't know, but if you come up with a good idea, I'm all ears and willing to listen. <laughs> no, it was my fault that I was slow in getting to our recording session here in the studio. Toggle was sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting and I did eventually make it into the studio, and I do apologize for the slowness. That's okay, uh, I'm drunk, I which don't care I anymore. I not actually blame cancer. <laughs> you know, actually, it had nothing to do with cancer, the reason that I was late you know, uh, today, so just to be quick.
2: Can I just say, by the way, um, it is so exciting to hear you right now because you sound so much better than normal. <laughs> like, you just sound so good, I love
0: I just like the better, better than normal. Like if only
2: you guys could you hear know. his voice. He has results. improved his little yeah, algorithm I mean,
0: for mo- modulating that voice now. He's a- well, <laughs> By the time it gets to the listeners of the podcast, it'll be the squeaky, annoying voice that, you know, Toggle has stuck me with all the way through. But in real life, I do actually sound <laughs> qualitatively different right now in that I am currently in between chemotherapy treatments. Um, the last protocol I was on... Uh, toxic side effects built up to the point where we had to stop, and I have not started the next uh, 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 protocol yet, so I am off chemo right now for the first time in many months, and uh, as a result, yes, the world does look vastly different to me right now than it does when you're on chemo and I am trying hard not to be spoiled by this whole not being one chemo thing, mostly, and failing, because this is much nicer. I like this <laughs> a lot. You do have the rose-colored glasses on, huh? Uh, for right now, until, you know, things go sideways, and I'm rushing for the chemo again. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, it is. A, it is a pleasure to be... It is a pleasure to be alive, and I am grateful to be alive right now. I think as of six months ago... The chances of me being alive you know, here six months down the road were uh, maybe one in three, I would say, so I'm already kind of on borrowed time, and, and I am thankful, yeah, that I am able to be here, uh, who knows how much longer, but in the meantime, I will take advantage of all the time I can to do the best I can and to appreciate every day I'm here.
2: Well, we are happy to have you here <clears throat> six months after, um, and I hope... My personal hope is to have you here for long, long from now. As long from now as I can possibly keep you here, selfishly, Mm. to myself, where no one else can have you. Thank you
0: you for uh, your caring and concern, and thank you for your patience, as I have been uh, relatively sidelined the last month or so with this uh, chemo challenges It has been a pleasure working with you on the show so far, and I do hope that we have the opportunity to continue doing that.
2: Yeah, me too. And, of course, now we've kind of roped Kion in. Kions are, like, honorary.
1: I see the doom uh, looming overhead that eventually I'm going to be even more a part
2: of this
0: (laughs) podcast. (laughs) This is like some some version of an ambulance chaser podcast version where he's just lurking, waiting for me to die so he can jump right in. All right, all right. I'm, I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. I'll, I'll, I'll get back on track. This be like,
2: Kion, I, I needed that script yesterday. Where the fuck is it? The
0: script. You write the scripts. No. You write them now. I'm oh, tired. no. <laughs>
2: it's human palsy now.
0: <laughs> uh, gentlemen, I would uh, recommend that we maybe move forward to uh, our own thoughts uh, as individual members of the hosting team here uh, um, for what it means for us personally when we talk about the concept of Zoo Pride. Yeah, how about that?
2: Yeah, it sounds good. We're also uh, shortly going to have uh, other members of our community uh, talk about it a little bit as well. So excellent. Stay tuned for that. Fausti, you kick us off.
1: Wow. Okay, you're on the spot now. Oh okay. God, the pressure! Uh,
0: what does it mean for me? I, I'm I'm going to uh, tell a um, wordy and somewhat long-winded story. Oh, uh, surprisingly no enough, um, <laughs> really? That's totally. I'm out not of surprised by the wordy part. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, meandering, uh, a bear, a barely uh, relevant. Uh, Get it long, started. Get it started. Blah. All right, exactly. See, I'm already meandering, and I haven't even <laughs> gotten to the story yet. Skip to the end. So when I think about Zoo Pride and uh, discussions about what I mean uh, when I myself say that I am proud to be a zoo, uh, I think back um, a little more than 15 years ago, uh, a dear friend of mine and I were having some discussions about these general topics, and uh, I was encouraging him at the time to uh, find... An opportunity to challenge and potentially evolve forward his own uh, s- self-characterization uh, of who he was, and um, for the simple fact that he uh, was ashamed of being a zoo. Uh, this is certainly not an entirely unusual, you know, turn of events. He's not unique in that regard. And as we talked, I uh, was telling him well, let's, you know, let's see if we can't uh, you know, bring out your, your pride in, in your, you know, your, your Jewish nature and who you are. And the conversation ended up being much more substantive than I would have thought because he really had no idea what I was talking about uh, when I talked about uh, uh, inculcating, developing, nurturing, encouraging one's own self-pride. He saw that as a negative thing, where pride—it's the sort of um haughty, swaggering sin. pride. Yeah, yeah the, the sin, the of, sin pride. of pride, right? The sin of pride, and it was amazing because I had never made that overlap in my own concept of being proud, you know, of who I am. And so we had a long conversation, a very fruitful conversation that I still remember these years later about what I was referencing. And and I started by saying, "Oh, yeah, no, it's not that." swaggery, self-important, uh, boastful, noisy, um, football team pride stuff. Though they, we do use the word pride for that. Uh, for me, it's a, it's a simple feeling concept in that uh, my orientation and my status as a zoo, um, I have always felt in my life and certainly all through my adult life, is unquestionably one of the the best and healthiest things about me. And, uh, right, uh, right. That, uh, that core of who I am and my ability to form deep connections outside of our own species is something that I've been proud of since uh, as, as early as I can remember thinking about who I am as a person, that is the core of who I am. Anybody who knows me would would say that that's really the, the essential uh, nature uh, central piece of, of what it means to be me and I am proud of that because it is a healthy, constructive giving, collaborative positive thing that identity and th- that being who I am and being a zoo is something that I know helps to make the world a better place and consequently it feels good for me to stand behind that identity publicly and privately, and um, have it be a component of who I am that I am more than happy to have associated with me because it's one of the best parts of who I am. And I think that kind of summarizes what I was describing to him as what it means to be proud. Now, back then, the t- talking about Zoo Pride was uh, was unusual enough that this right. particularly well-educated and experienced uh, member of our community had actually never heard anybody talk about that before to the degree that he just didn't even know what I was, what was that, what I was trying to say. And it goes to show that in 15 years, things have evolved, matured, whatever you wanna say. Yeah, wow. Right, and that now, you know, there is not only a Zoo Pride day or week or month, but that the discussion about being proud of one's status as a zoo is certainly not something unique to me or unusual or that is not at all. all. So 15 years ago, this was something that was so uh, unusual that even a a well-educated zoo had never heard of it before and needed me to really dig in and and talk about it. And now the world has sort of lapped past me as has happened in so many regards and Zoo Pride is as 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 obvious and self-evident a thing as, you know, many other concepts that we take for granted in the community. And I think that's great. Um, you know, I, I can't say that everybody else's concept of pride is the same as mine. I would say that the, the crux of my concept of pride is standing behind and 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 being direct and unhesitating in claiming ownership of membership in a category. And for me to to be a zoo and to be proud of my status as a zoo means that I stand behind my identity and that I consider it to be a positive piece of who I am. And it is something that I would never repudiate. And that's the core of right. my own feeling about pride. I think there's a lot of different definitions of, excuse me, of what pride means. That's just mine.
2: Fuck yeah. I <laughs> love that shit. I love, I like listening to you make mouth words.
0: <laughs> Too many words, of course, but that is that's it. That's <laughs> no, that it for me great. The, the the idea that we the, the, the things about ourselves of which we are proud are the things that we feel are positive and the things that we would uh, never repudiate in part because we think they're positive and also because we feel they're essential to our very identity and who we are. And in both well levels, uh, being a yes, zoo. God
2: damn it. That was so well said. There is
0: no such thing as a me without the zoo part because to be me is to be zoo. And that is as fundamental to my identity and and status as an individual as anything else about me. And that is what is the nature of zoo pride. And that is what I am meditating on and uh, being thankful for on this zoo pride day.
2: That's <laughs> pretty fantastic. Kyan?
0: I, I, I'm of course going to take the usual uh,
1: somewhat intellectual angle that I tend to take mm. um, so my pride zoo pride to me we've got the it, it's about being who I am my, my identity being a valid thing um, not only my identity but also the uh, way I, I have opinions about the ethical treatment of animals uh, and that that is valid now, the reason that pride even comes into that, because those are two things that exist entirely independently of any necess- need for pride, is uh, the the societal more we have in American society mm-hmm. here uh, against non-heteronormative sex. Right. It's so far outside the norm that many members of society don't even know that it's a thing. True. they they have to double take and say, wait, what wait, people have sex with animals? <laughs> yeah. They're like, yes, seriously, they do. <laughs> and they just have never even encountered the concept in their lives. Um, there's also an ambient expectation of, uh, a normative concept of ethical constraints regarding animals. Right. You know, who owns who, who can decide who gets to keep their balls and who doesn't. Right. Um, and they don't apply it consistently to life forms or even the mammals. Right. Um. They they just they only apply it to humans and then only the ones that they choose to apply as humans. But that's besides the point. Um. So it comes down to pride is the way you deal with the uh, mental conflict between how you are and how things are that are against that. The, right. The 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 conflict and uh, and dissonance that, in, that that involves, right? Uh, so, being a zoosexual sucks in a heteronormative society. Everyone assumes that that's horrible if they thought of it at all.
3: Mm.
1: Um, and thanks to many fun internet trolls these days, the more and more people are getting the uh, idea that it does exist and should be seen as horrible. Right, uh, fuck them, and <laughs> yeah. The then you have the the whole a matter of of ethics, and um, <laughs> you want us to talk about ethics, and people don't even know what you're even starting to talk about. <laughs> <But> <laughs> and and once you get through that, then they're like, well, just humans. Um, hmm. So just even having an ethical uh, opinion is is it sucks as well. Right. So, um, so pride as it is used in just about everybody who has pride about things is the patch that goes between the, that covers up that dissonance between your identity and how people want you just assume you should be Hmm. right between my ethics and what people assume is or isn't ethics that are appropriate in society. Hmm. Um, the, the pride is the 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 way that it's dealt with um, it's the way that I can justify in my internal dialogue and narrative saying yeah this is fine and I'm proud of it because if I wasn't then who who knows right
2: right <laughs> you know I uh, think I think that you know a, a lot of what you say really does apply like in trying to think of like you know what is zoo pride to me um, I think that what I gain from being a zoo is an empathy that I can't otherwise have not being a zoo. Hmm. Um, and I would not trade that empathy for anything. Having that unique perspective from, you know, being, you know, against that taboo, being, you know, in the face of that and understanding what it is to go through that and, you know, develop an identity... That, involve, that, that involves that um, provides me a perspective that normal people will say normal quotes don't have. That is so invaluable.
1: Mm.
2: Like that perspective is necessary because if that perspective doesn't exist, then you know it's just a matter of walking on different marginalized groups. Mm. Basically, mm. you know every marginalized group will get trampled over without someone who can empathize with them. Hmm. And from the, you know, human standpoint of, you know, obviously we have an ethical position on how to treat animals, but from the other side of that, the human standpoint is that I empathize with humanity in a way that other people can't. And that's incredibly important Hmm. that people are there to be able to do that.
0: Hmm. I find it really interesting that Toggle brings up the Relevance of a uh, zoo-centered empathy in regards to other humans (laughs) and 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 other groups of humans. um, I think that's a insightful and uh, and and new concept to me. You know, as much as I have all my life um, been aware of just how much empathetic uh, knowledge and insight and, and uh, wisdom comes from m- my zoo identity and I always kind of uh, frame that and use that in the context of non-humans never really thought about it with other humans before to be honest Just kind of a gaping hole in my self uh, self-knowledge or self-assessment and uh, you know you bringing up that uh, you you are aware of how much your uh, zoo uh, nature your your zoo identity um, uh, Im- improves y- your capability for empathy with other human groups uh, is a, is, a, is a neat, um, a, a neat right. insight and a neat wisdom and I thank you for sharing that.
2: So I think being a zoo and being proud of being a zoo, zoo pride has many facets, many benefits um, being a zoo has many benefits uh, that we probably don't a lot of times we take for granted or even we may not even see because there's so many things that <laughs> sometimes are thrown in our face that say you are terrible for being a zoo um you know you are invalid for being a zoo you don't matter in fact
1: you're not a human you're not
2: human <laughs> right uh your humanity you you've we've taken your humanity away you're not allowed to uh be human but in the face of that it gives us the perspective we need to not only overcome that and challenge that but to also do it for other people
1: yep Yeah, there sure are a lot of people being dehumanized in lots of spots, not just us.
2: Yeah. So I want to take this time to um, listen to what the community has to say, because Zoo Pride means a lot of things to different people. So without further ado.
3: What does Zoo Pride mean to me? Being a zoo is something we should all take pride in. We're a group of people who care more about animals than anyone else. And there's a lot of people in this world out there who don't, understand, they don't know their animals, they don't care about their animals, they just don't get it. And we're people who do. Zoo Pride to me is
2: to show compassion and love beyond the boundaries of species.
3: What does Zoo Pride mean to
1: me? Hmm. Well first it's the happiness and unconditional love expressed between kindred spirits, regardless of species, and the hope for a more inclusive and peaceful future where hate has no place.
0: Zoo pride means being able to tell your friends, your family and your dog's vet that the dog they keep
3: referring to as your daughter is in fact your best friend, your lover and the best reason to get up every morning. I think having zoo pride is taking pride in being who we are. I think it's best to take pride in it just as kind of the first step to acceptance. If we don't have pride in ourselves, then nobody else is going to.
1: As cliche as it is, I was born this way. It's just the way I am. Like being born gay or trans. I think zoo pride is not just self-acceptance, but also self love. I love that I'm a zoo and what I gained from it. I, I wouldn't trade that away. This is this is who I am and that's a good
3: thing. I think it's just one of those things is once we all have pride in ourselves, it will start to show to people on the outside, and they might be a little more curious to just find out who we are. That hopefully people will see us for who we are and have an appreciation for it. I'm not saying, oh, turn the world zoo. I'm just meaning it'd be nice to be accepted. Zoo pride to me is to fight for peace,
2: equality, and love, no matter what species we bond ourselves to. Zoo pride is that understanding that we're different. And that's not only okay, it's important. Our perspective on how animals enrich human life
3: is on a level above the rest of the world. And they can learn a thing or two from us. It's something very, very special. And it's not only something that we can see, but the animals can see it too. Or most zoos will have the same experience of being around animals and noticing they tend to gravitate towards that person. Most animals seem to know, because most people seem to kind of give off this aura of understanding, and they want to go towards people who make sense to them, people who understand them, who get them, and not people who don't get it. So, its course, it's definitely something we should all be proud of.
1: There's nothing wrong with me. And I hope someone out there listens and feels normal. It's... it is normal. I don't hurt animals. I love them.
2: back to more zooier than now. Uh, so, Kion was sharing with me that he has a little bit of a like, kind of like a museum rel- relic of zoo history. Oh yeah, sitting on his bookshelf.
0: He is a museum relic of zoo history. <laughs> <laughs> a a honest to god hard
1: copy printed element, a book of limericks from the twenty seventh of April, nineteen ninety six.
2: Wow. These are uh, tell, tell us a little bit about it. So, because a book of limericks just doesn't mean anything. All right.
1: Uh, so, so uh, well, the fellow at Acton um, was one of the attendees at my gathering in Portland in 1996, and uh, he gave me this book when he was there. He's like, I wrote some limericks, and we read them, some of them out loud, and and uh, he gave me the book, and it's like I'm printed these. It's like that's great. So I've it's been on my shelf the whole time. I've read them once in a while, but. There's a lot in here. There really are. There's like a couple hundred. <laughs> so, so I figured I would share with you a limerick or two. That broke oh. right
0: there. See,
1: uh, indeed, indeed. You
2: share with you a limerick or two.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think my meter's off. Uh, let's. Uh... <laughs> so here's a little four verse, a four verse one about horses. Mm-hmm. Oh. In a stable, an amorous Prussian ended up with a painful concussion when he swallowed the seed of a their steed and was stunned by the force of the gushin, <laughs> His action had harsh repercussions. He became the farm's major discussion. He was taunted and teased, but was secretly pleased for the stallion himself was still blushing.
2: <laughs> he
1: knew that with fate he was brushing, but the ardor within him was crushing. So he went to the mares and showed them his wares and entered with rapid concussion.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: The farmhands, their voices all hushin, said, the time's come to send the man flushin. He was sent to the front where the lad bore the brunt of the horses who spoke fluent Russian.
2: <laughs> what the hell? It's <laughs> a four bar. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a four bar liturgy. It's always been like
0: right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Th- th- there's some in here that have a couple of verses. Most of them just have one. So I have, I have a correction. If we're going to use that uh, correction of um, pronunciation, uh, the uh, pronunciation is tracaner in the first bar. If that matters ah. to anybody, yeah. So tricanor? and uh, yeah, tracaner, <clears throat> and and uh, they don't. You'd, actually, kno- you'd pr- know. You'd know. They don't actually produce a lot of volume, just out of curiosity, on average. So, anyway, that's a bit of a editorial. Oh, editorial the things commentary.
2: you know! <laughs> uh, all <laughs> the things
0: one learns in a life
2: of uh, debauchery.
0: but
1: yeah, I'm I'm fascinated to know what the sample size is of
0: your statistical analysis of chicaners. Uh, the sample the the sample size is delicious. Uh, so, right there. So right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let go. All right. All let right. All let me. Uh, it's it's a uh, um, uh, has a relatively high percentage. It's a warm blood breed that has a relatively high percentage of Arabian blood uh, still in it. And you uh, uh-huh. have a, a background having trained Turkanners for a couple of years. Um, long, complicated story as to how that happened. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they're neat. They're, they're neat people, but like all Arabians, not not particularly known for, you know, endowment type issues in general, so not criticizing, not, not criticizing, I'm just, you know, making an observation. Really? Uh,
1: th- I never knew. Uh, um, oh my God. Uh, a girl took her dog into bed and proceeded to give him good head. Hmm. Said the lass, I've a thought, why don't we tie the knot? But the pun irked the dog, so he fled. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's just awesome. <laughs> that is by far the best one so far. That is absolutely.
1: <laughs> I love that one. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: my god! That's hmm.
0: pr- absolutely priceless.
2: That's actually that's Let's... actually the story of my my uh, my bed life. <laughs> Is telling those <laughs> puns and they're
0: bad. just like, no, we can't have sex anymore. Bad puns. Yeah. We're done. In fact, mm. you know that that pun is so bad that our relationship is now officially over. <laughs> and stop touching <laughs> me. That's a bad pun. I mean, that's a seriously <laughs> bad pun right there. You don't happen to know anything about astronomy, do you?
2: A little bit, not mm. too much,
0: but not as much as I know about dracaners, But go on. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Give it to us.
0: So,
1: all right. A zoophile astronomer named Fisk loved his mare with a passion quite brisk. One night, while in action, the Fitzgerald contraction foreshortened his rod to a disc.
0: <laughs> wow. That's
2: fucking dumb.
0: <laughs> wow. That's amazingly geeky. Damn. <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Who writes this shit? Oh, my God. Back <laughs>
1: <laughs> what a nerd. Yeah, I'll say.
2: Give me another one. Give me another one.
1: Uh all right, all right. Um an equifile, swollen with lust, Whoa. screwed his mare, whom he'd learned he could trust. When he fondled her udder he heard the mare mutter, "I'm a cop, buddy. This is a bust." <laughs> <laughs> what
2: the hell? <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's actually pretty good. Wow. Yeah, these are in a category all by themselves. Like they're somewhere, it like? somewhere somewhere well past insider jokes to a whole new level of, you know insiderness. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. Wow. Yeah. I love they're it. Definitely. Well
1: some some of these are just, just straight up straight up dirty, you know? Like the, the percher on <laughs> stud bobbed his dick. At the sight of the mares he could stick. He rubbed on his belly till he spilled all his jelly. And he came till he made himself slick.
0: <laughs> I like that one. I like that's dirty. I think that's beautiful.
2: Horses. I think it's great. <laughs> uh, who, who doesn't love a little belly slapping?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh. They, got some, they got some about pigs in here.
2: Oh, give me pigs. Mm. I love pigs.
1: A hog rancher just east of Macon with a particular sow was quite taken. He spared her from dinner. And put his meat in her. And that cute little pig cooked his bacon.
2: (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, Oh my God.
1: Oh, Oh here's we go. I like this one. Okay. The boar is a creature most lewd. It's 18-inch cocks, not for prudes. Mm. Like a corkscrew, it's curled. Through the cervix, it's twirled giving new life to the phrase, getting screwed.
2: Oh my God! <laughs> that's my favorite one. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh.
0: That
2: is not bad at all. Uh. Oh my God, that's good. Okay, let's do one more. You had one that was right. relevant.
1: Ah, here we are. Okay. <laughs> a zoo not afraid to be outed, climbed up to a rooftop and shouted, I'm zoo and I'm proud and I'll say it out loud. When he learned no one heard, though, he pouted.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will come a day in an age when you know bragging about how you're a zoo and you're proud of it, it would be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." Shut blah blah clock. blah. Everyone's yeah, a zoo. Now. The, yeah, nobody nobody needs to hear it. Whatever, that's fine. Nobody cares. <laughs> I have to say that uh, there has been an interesting dynamic. Uh, that I have observed this year in the lead up to the Zoo Pride celebrations, first annual Zoo Pride celebrations, uh, okay. in that th- there's been a certain amount of, and I'm, I'm sure you've, you guys have, have seen as much or more than I have in this area uh, recently, uh, of bickering over whether zoos are allowed to be proud uh With those claiming the right to determine whether that is "quote unquote" allowed, usually being people uh, who claim to speak on behalf of the L G B T Q I A Z E I E I O community, and and saying that uh, you know, essentially, oh, that's a that's the pride is our thing. You guys aren't allowed to horn in on our turf. Oh, um, I'm right, right. <laughs> oh, I'm horning in, all right.
2: I'm here. I'm, I'm queer, hoarding, and I you know. fuck dogs too. So
0: yeah. Um. So that that that's been interesting to watch. That some of it's like you know just trolls and bot traffic and everything else. But there have right, been, right, I think, right. some legitimate claims by people who are in the you know LGB so on and so forth community that oh you zoos aren't allowed to be proud. You know that's that's our concept. And we're not giving right. you access to it. And that was like, really? You, I mean, you can't mm. own a concept, I don't think. Mm. Come on, man. That's right, a little... right. Maybe, well, maybe I mean, they have
1: a new like, department for like, you can't patenting be part concepts.
2: Of mm. Our pride. No. Like, you can't be part of our, our sexual pride that we celebrate. You're not allowed to be part of it because we don't like you. Uh, or more... Actually, it's probably more likely we don't want to be associated with you because... Uh, a lot of people have tried to say that our pride will lead to a slippery slope, which includes you, um, right? I, I really think that that's probably more likely the real barrier there. Is what, the...
1: one, one, more, one more before before I put this book away.
2: <laughs> okay, 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 <laughs> okay.
1: Back to the right.
0: mercs. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: <clears throat> it, it's got to be it's got to be dogs because I didn't do any dog ones. Oh
2: right, enough. fair enough. Yeah. Fair
1: enough. I, it, <clears throat> it was a contest. That was no lie. Who would come first? The doggy or Vi. he thrusted and pushed. She became really bushed, and of course, no one won. Twas a
0: tie. Ah, yes. oh, oh, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. Oh, I fucking that's, love it. that's awesome. Yeah. Well,
2: God bless, Adi. Oh my God, it's so good.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Our Lord and Savior. Okay.
0: <laughs> there, there, there's a there's a small world component to this in that uh, the author of that uh, um, of, of that uh, book of limericks is uh, uh, plays a role in my own personal history and my history of being outed as a zoo. Um, not that oh, he holy. outed me, but uh, yeah, it was it, it's funny that when this book concept came up before the episode tonight, I was asked if I, you know, knew who Actaeon is. And I was like, well, uh, small world, yeah, I, I do. That's true. <laughs> so uh, you know. Needless to say, uh, it is always interesting how how few degrees of separation there often are in the, in the Zwi universe. And here is another example of that. You know, Acteon's book of limericks
2: So now um, my notes say seem- <laughs> make. Make Fausti make Kion sing a song. No, it was make Kion make Fausti sing a song. Oh
0: wow, that's amazingly optimistic.
2: Uh, <laughs> All I need you to do.
0: Yeah, okay, here we go.
2: Is sing this Old MacDonald.
0: Wow, that is he, just not he, going to
1: happen. He already did the oh earlier. Yeah, I did. I did.
0: You can use that. Yep.
2: No, you gotta. No, you gotta actually sing it the whole thing. Come on, I'll sing it with you. We'll sing it together.
0: I actually don't have to do that, though. The beauty yeah. of it is that you telling me that I have to do that does not actually mean <laughs> that I have to do that. So see, see, I he's not trying to make me sing because he knows that I would. Yeah. Right. I know so why know. don't we just have you sing? Right, because that would be awesome. There you go. Done. Problem solved. See, we're problem solvers.
2: But <clears throat> <laughs> but is that what we're truest, solving? My truest, <laughs> my truest desire is to hear you sing before... Before you die, I have to
0: hear (laughs) your sonorous voice. The only reason that that's the case is that you've never heard me sing before. And the first time you hear me sing, you'll be like, oh, right. Boy, that was a mistake. All right. Anyway, can (laughs) I ask you to stop singing now? You know, so. It could say it's all about
1: the life. No chemo. No
0: chemo. Oh, no. That's Mm -hmm. awful. I'll, I'll tell you what. How about this? How about when uh, when uh, we get to the point where I'm deep enough in the cancer bucket that there are just shoveling uh, painkillers at me until I finally croak? Then uh, <laughs> uh, during that period of time, that would be a great time to get me on the podcast and ask me to do... Uh, embarrassing, irresponsible, personal things. Because then, uh, first of all, I'll be close enough to dying that I, you know we'll care even less about whatever. And also, y- you know, uh, get me hopped up on painkillers, and I'll just do whatever stupid thing you ask you, me to do with a smile you, on my you, face. So you're the one who's
1: very happy to say, "Yeah, this is me, and I'm Zoo, and I live here, and this is my name." <laughs> And, and then you're, you're worried you're about doing embarrassing, embarrassing personal things? Fucking,
2: entire, your entire career is defined by doing stupid, embarrassing things. That's true.
0: That's actually true. Uh, okay. Um, definitely have built a career out of uh, stupid and embarrassing. Uh, check. That's a good point. However, (laughs) uh, I I, I really don't transgress on the arts uh, by taking my lack of artistic talent and and uh, uh, multiplying it by pretending as if I am qualified to do things like sing. So we're
1: not (laughs) trying to be to find the next, you know, no uh, super awesome singer. We're just trying
0: to be entertained.
2: You don't have to be Pavarotti. You just have to make us laugh.
0: Uh yeah, it'd be more cry than laugh. I mean, it's just so bad. You know, I mean that there's a, there's perfect. a crossover point. Thanks. Right, there's a crossover point where it goes from being you know funny because it's you know bad to oh that's just you know tragic that it's so bad. And, <laughs> and I really think that we're well into that terrain. As I said, uh, just keep adding opiates, and and you you know you'll get me to a point. You're, you're where so I'll, you're you know, so
1: considerate. We'll, we'll just uh, uh, get get the opiates. Yeah.
2: Okay, just get, grab
0: the opiates. D- Here we go. The, oh, they'll they Coming, they're they're a part of my future as we get you know further in the bucket, and uh, and I'll be dopey and smiley and uh, easily manipulated. And I can trust that the two of you will take absolute advantage of that to uh, have me do <laughs> embarrassing things and make a fool of myself. So I'm just I'm sort of counting on that. I take it as a well, okay. That well, well we've okay. made notes, we've made okay, notes, it's it. on the calendar. There you go, it's on the there calendar. Please, okay, <laughs> <you're> done. <laughs> done. I'm not saying no, I'm just saying not yet. So there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
2: All right, I think this is a. It's been so much fun hanging out with you guys. I would not trade hanging out with you guys for Zoo Pride with anything.
0: Huh, I agree. I Actually, love, this love been, you guys. This is This has been a blessing, and and I appreciate taking the time with uh, my fellow zoos, even uh, my fellow uh, relic gray muzzle of a zoo, uh, and. Um, <laughs> huh <clears throat> we know what we're talking about and there toggle. Mm-hmm. And, and, and toggle also toggle and uh, wow. <laughs> and, and um, having fun with uh, this first annual zoo pride day I think is is a great starting point and uh, and a great tradition to smile and laugh and have fun and joke amongst ourselves if uh, anything ends up being a tradition for zoo pride day that would be something that I would Strongly encouraged to be included in it because uh, you can't go wrong when you're having fun and smiling and laughing at yourself. <laughs> I love you guys. I will hey. almost certainly not be here for the second Zoo Pride Day, so this is it for me. And it has been a pleasure to partake in the first one, and um, I am very grateful. Dusty, well, I'm I going was to actually to go be... into your
2: grave and dig you out and sit you up in
0: the studio. Okay, I'm going to make you um, be here.
1: We'll just have <laughs> to find what? another. Cardboard stand cut out, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, abs- absolutely. I was gonna say just skip the whole, you know, rotting body thing and you can just kind of run with it and no riff exu- on it. Nobody
2: exhuming fasty. No,
0: yeah, nobody's gonna double check and make sure the body's still there or not. So you can always just claim that you went and got the body. You don't have to actually do it. I'm just you know, suggestion. <laughs> less problems less th- problems with cool. the law maybe that way too so you know there you go weren't
1: they just going to leave your corpse in a, a horse pasture or something
0: uh, you know yeah. I think we were going yeah. to uh, maybe cremate I, uh, I uh, think- me <laughs> and uh, scatter my ashes over uh, something suitably zoo-y. and uh, I don't know actually what that is <laughs> I, I have yeah. you know, know a little bit of time either. yet to just think like on the- that <laughs> yeah <laughs>
2: like on the bottom of the barnyard.
0: You know, we'll have to come up with something, something appropriately, yeah. be- oh. zuiy and beautiful, and uh, that will make people laugh. So, gotta be, gotta be something <laughs> that matches that out there. Mm, <clears throat> yes, inspiration will have to strike somewhere. <clears throat> yep, yep. There's our, there's our. Those
2: our uh, <laughs> <laughs> just say e i e i.
0: That actually works. Yep. <clears throat> mm. <laughs> <clears throat> There's our huh? um, uh, homework and uh, homework uh, for the next uh, episode is f- figuring so, out where to scatter my Zooey ashes. So yeah.
1: and the the villain gets on the phone and he's like, "Are you the farmer?" And you can say, "E motherfucker." <laughs> Whoa,
0: that was very Clint Eastwood style. Yeah, okay. huh. I was going for uh, for for uh like What's
2: his name? Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis but, yeah. uh I was thinking Bruce, yeah. Bruce Willis. oh
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you okay.
2: motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Felsi, do you have a, a word that you wanted to say?
0: He has said a few. Oh. I have I had some noticed. words. Yeah, let me... Um... Well, folks, I had mentioned earlier in this episode my thanks and appreciation for my co-hosts, both of whom covered for me in the last episode. I was uh, having some severe problems with chemotherapy, uh, as part of my cancer treatment. And um, my co host stepped in and seamlessly, um, quite professionally uh, produced the episode despite my total failure to make any useful contributions. And I really am deeply grateful uh, for them in doing that. <clears throat> and I wanted to uh, have uh, an opportunity to say a little bit more about what had happened health wise because um, it is uh, an opportunity for me to say this now, just in case that opportunity doesn't uh, present itself again in the future. Um, I've mentioned this a few times in the podcast earlier in episodes. I do have a stage four metastatic malignant melanoma. Uh, It has uh, spread to my lymph nodes, from my skin, and from there in February spread to my lungs and to my trachea. We've been through um, immunotherapy and chemotherapy so far, and we're continuing to work on uh, what is a very difficult cancer to treat. Uh, What happened to me in the last episode, and the reason that I was not able to participate, is side effects from the current chemotherapy I was doing at the time uh, cascaded and sort of fed back on themselves to the point where I was unable to uh, eat uh, or digest any liquid or solid nutrition uh, for several weeks in uh, in June. Uh, that is a real problem, it turns out, and uh, resulted in a number of hospital visits. Yeah, who could have guessed that, right? Uh, 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 hospital visits and all manner of unpleasantness. Uh, at this point, I am temporarily off of chemo treatment <clears throat> um, uh, because of the toxicity associated with that particular uh, compound. And uh, having stepped back from the precipice of the next step after you can't eat and you can't drink is you can't live. So once again, close enough to the edge that I wanted to take the opportunity to uh, say my thanks again to my uh, co-hosts of the podcast here and also a uh, very short uh, commentary uh, on uh, the nature of being in late stage terminal cancer and uh, the wisdom that uh, comes from that that i hope i might be able to share Uh, there is a trope out there where uh, sometimes we will be discussing a topic and we'll say well you know uh when it comes to the point where uh you're you know one step away from the grave and you look back on your life and you're thinking about you know your life and the decisions you've made you know, will you be happy with your decisions or will you uh, wish that you had done more of this or less of that? There's all sorts of different things that can follow up on that. But that, that sort of framing of imagine that you were, you know, right on, on death's doorstep and you looked back on life. Um, how would you feel about, uh, you know, looking back you know, what you've done and what you stood for and where you've been? Well, um, you know, that goes from a sort of conceptual uh, setup. setup in general, to, for someone like me, well, that's real. <laughs> that's exactly where I am. And uh, one does uh, take time uh, at this phase uh, when uh, death is imminent, though not arriving most likely tomorrow, uh, arriving shortly. And uh, and uh, one uh, assesses uh, life looking back because there's not much life looking forward at this point. And I, I have two things to say, having spent plenty of time in the last few months thinking about these topics while I've been sick and not able to do much else. Um, the, the first thing I would say is that uh, w- we often uh, w- wonder, uh, looking back, uh, I've been asked uh, actually by a few people to put it in a different way, uh, what are your greatest regrets or what do you wish you had done more of, uh, what do you wish you had done you know, less of? Um, looking back you know uh, uh, inventorying and and uh, reviewing your life I've been asked that by a few uh, close associates in the last few months who are familiar with my story and, and the story of my activism and the cost of that activism especially in the last 10 years and I think the expectation has often been that I would say well I wish I would have managed to avoid getting into a fight with uh, the federal government of the United States about uh, Zooey topics, because that cost me one and off 10 years of my life and my family and my sanity and PTSD and all sorts of other things. However, when I do look back on my life, whether this speaks well or poorly of me is up to anybody to judge, I am not in the least bit regretful that I made the decisions to take the stance that I have taken, despite the cost. Uh, again, that may mean I'm just irresponsible and didn't learn the lesson. I choose to look at that and say that looking back and knowing that I have had my chance to live my life and make my choices, those are the uh, choices I I feel absolutely most confident in and uh, least likely to second guess. So the wisdom that I have taken from that is that in the heat of battle, some of those choices and the horrific costs of those choices, I cannot say that I would have felt 100% confident in defending them, in the midst of them. Some of those choices were so damaging that could I ever really say, yeah, that's great, I would do that again in a heartbeat. Well, uh, this close to the grave, I can say those are the choices that I uh, absolutely know were the right choices. There are other areas in my life where I look back and wonder, maybe I could have done this better. Certainly, I know there's many things I could have done better, things I shouldn't have done, stupid things I did do, all true. The th- the easiest judgment to make for me is where I have taken a stand, particularly in relating uh, to uh, the zoo community and to my own orientation as a zoo, and uh, chosen to uh, uh, stick with that stand uh, irrespective of the uh, volume of hatred and firepower and and uh, violence that has been directed at my family and I uh, that was the right thing to do. I know that. I'm, I'm looking back now from this place in my life. I absolutely know that those were the decisions that were unambiguously the most obviously correct that I've made in my life. And that is an interesting lesson I'm not sure I would have predicted that. But I know that's true now. So that's my uh, first interesting lesson learned. The second one has to do with pride. And uh, apropos of the topic today and of, of Pride Day, I know uh, looking back at my life that I have made plenty of mistakes, as I think most anybody would agree, we all do. I've made more than my fair share, unquestionably so. And I could inventory and may well inventory all those mistakes before I'm dead. Um, I know there are some things that I, without question, made the right choice, like I was saying, on the activism side and on the standing for what's right side. Uh, And then in the middle, or perhaps on a different dimension, the parts that I am most confident in knowing that as my legacy, when I'm gone and life moves on and the world continues without me, the parts I'm most proud of unambiguously uh, uh, relate to and circle around my identity as a zoo and I know that I will be happy to leave as part of my legacy and a big part of my identity. My identity is a zoo, and I am glad that as I do get ready to pack up shop and move on from here, that it is uh, forever indelibly a matter of record that uh, I am a zoo and have been a zoo all my life and am proud of that and know that is a positive, constructive part of who I am and who our world is. And that's another interesting lesson to know this close. Uh, I've had a couple of folks ask if I wasn't worried that my reputation would be tarnished, you know, in the future over time by uh, the, you know, sordid knowledge of my sexuality. Don't you wish maybe you'd have been quieter about that stuff so that as your legacy is assessed, you know, over time when you're gone? that people don't get tangled up in that weird, creepy, zoo stuff, and they can focus more on my technical work and, and my academic work. And my honest answer to that, this close to the grave, is, oh, God, no, quite the reverse. I would absolutely be mortified right now if I had hidden my orientation and my sexuality all my life, and I, I had a risk that it would be uh, airbrushed out of my legacy moving forward. I am enormously grateful that my sexuality and... My status as a member of this community is absolutely, directly, permanently linked to who I am because that is one of the parts of myself of which I am most proud. So those are my two little wisdoms from this close. I may still be hanging around here for a while yet. Uh, It's possible. Statistically, it's unlikely. And I now know from what happened in June that I could get very sick long before I'm actually gone, gone, and not be able to participate in the podcast. And prior to that happening, I did want to take the opportunity here uh, to shoehorn in this small soliloquy and share those two bits of wisdom with the community as my contribution for this first inaugural Zoo Pride Day. And I thank uh, all of our listeners for their engagement and contributions and participation in this podcast and once again thank both my uh, co-hosts for the enormous and extraordinary contributions they've made to the success of the podcast thank you to all of uh, you folks collectively and um, uh, may this be a premature uh, a eulogy that I'm giving myself and perhaps I'll still be here <laughs> annoying you for many episodes to come in the future. If not, at least I know that I have said my piece with regards to my sense of how I have invested my life. And I hope that uh, that those two uh, tidbits of wisdom uh, uh, resonate and uh, prove useful for others and listening uh, membership to uh, perhaps take a few moments to sit back and think if it were you and you were close to your grave today, which I hope is not the case, looking back, w- what would you be proud of? Uh, what would you hope to be central to the memory of who you are after you're gone? And um, which decisions do you feel uh, were the ones that were most obviously the right choices that you made often maybe in hard, hard times, but the right choice? And maybe uh, which decisions do we look back on and wish that we could have done different? And I certainly have plenty of those as well. So thank you again for listening and thank you for your engagement. And with that, I will hand back to my co-hosts to wrap up this episode. Well, I'll...
2: I just want to say, Fausti, that I, I <laughs> I'm really happy that I, for whatever short amount of time it ends up being, I'm glad that I've had you in my life.
0: Thank you. It has. Been a pleasure to work on this with you. this spring.
2: (laughs) We could we could take a moment. I'm gonna eat a donut. Have a donut here. (laughs) No, no, I'm gonna eat a candy bar. I need some chocolate for that. (laughs) All right, steer this boat out of here! God damn it!
0: Thanks, friends, for once again tuning in to Zooier Than Thou. You can subscribe to the podcast via our
2: RSS feed. Just point your favorite podcast client at rss.zoo.wtf and off you go. You can even find us on Spotify, YouTube, Alexa, and the popular platform which cannot be named. We're everywhere.
1: Our podcast website is still zoo.wtf. Tweet us at Thou, and you can find Zooey's naughty advice at AskZooey. That's at A-S-K-Z-O-O-E-Y.
2: Feel free to send X's and O's to the anonymous form on our website, zoo.wtf. You can send us a Zooey limerick, ask Zooey about Dracaner's semen loads, or tell Kion he's a very bad dog.
1: You can contact co-host Fausty through his website, fausty.org, or take the exact right amount of opiates to enter a lucid dream state and travel the dream realm into Fausty's mental barnyard.
0: (laughs) Zooeyer and the Thou is licensed under a Creative Commons Zero License, whatever the hell that means. No rights reserved it on Napster Or Kazaa Or whatever the hell it is You goddamn kids are using these days The
1: treatment of all non-humans Who helped make this podcast happen Were ethically cleared By the Ethical Review Board On Omicron Theta-4 Ethically
2: In case you are wondering Drafties have the highest semen loads on average So bring a large
0: thermos Be nice to each other, friends It's the sexiest, serious thing you can do This is old man Fausty Telling you to get off my lawn Be good doggies
1: This is Kion, and I've been your co-canid today.
2: And I've been your Zooey Rat boyfriend, Toggle. We'll see you next time you feel like howling at the moon. Stay defiant, fellow zoos. Fuck yeah!
3: That
0: was fun. I love you guys
2: so much. This has been so much fun.
0: It really has.